Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Everyone, the holiday season is rapidly approaching, and if you have not gotten the people in your life a gift yet, well, that's where we come in, because welcome to the Permanent Good Gift Guide for 2021. Now, I want to say, I want to I tailor this gift guide to the people who you know don't like normal gifts, okay? So, like, if you can't think of anything to get your dad on the last minute, you get him like a tool set or a bottle of booze or something or like a car thing right and when you don't know what to get your mom anything that vibrates is usually good yes uh so we are here to give you the gifts that doesn't meet those expectations if you're like i need a gift for my dad but he is the least handy person on the planet this is this is where you come to okay this is we are going to help you now so let's start off with the under twenty dollars option under twenty dollars for a person you see two or three times a year, like an aunt. Yeah. Or an uncle. Here's the thing. Every aunt, I'll tell you this right now. I know we're doing like the breaking stereotypes gift guide. This one falls in line with a stereotype. Every aunt likes Adele. Get your aunt the new Adele CD because I can guarantee you she still drives a car with a CD player and she would very much appreciate it. Also, all aunts like gift cards, namely Bath and Body Works and JCPenney. And also, Also, like, chain restaurants. If you give your aunt a gift card to, like, Applebee's, even if it's $15, she's like, that's an appetizer and a meal. Or Red Lobster, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Red Lobster's big also a good one. Now, for the eccentric aunt, and you need something different, a book, memoir, candle won't do, you need to go to Goodwill. Find Find the stinkiest t-shirt you can find. Like one that's clearly been on the shelf for like a few months. They forgot it in the wash rotation, and it just kind of looks a little bit worn. Give it to them and say, it's a DIY shirt. It's a shirt that you can wear while you're doing all your at-home projects because your aunt refuses to hire a professional. Right. She's gonna love it also look for like an old frame of something right old picture frame whatever it needs the bigger the frame the better then what you're gonna do is give a homeless person a disposable camera have them make a bunch of snaps right then and there give it to another homeless person then you blow it up at your local walgreens put it in black and white Give it in the frame. Say it's from an artist from France or something and give that away, bro. Now, what's important about this is that the homeless people get absolutely no compensation for this, right? Right. Because that's how you know that it's like truly art. The less that someone gets paid for art, the more that art is worth. And the more that they need that compensation, the less they deserve, right? That's the artist rule. If you can get their thumbprint or something and be like, this person, this artist doesn't even, doesn't even do signatures. They just do thumbprints. And that way, if they want more, you can track them down because there's no way this person is not involved with the law. <laughs> um, okay. Now we got to move on to your sibling, right? Your sibling that you haven't seen in a, in a, in a little while. Cause you know, you've moved out of the house. You're in different cities now, you know, you see them. A little, like every now and then, but and it's not your favorite sibling. So you talk yeah. to him like once or twice a month, maybe. Yeah, like they're in the group chat with you, but very rarely are you two talking together. This right. is who that gift is for. Right. So you find their favorite movie. Shouldn't be that hard. A lot of people are into Marvel, Star Wars, something like that. Then you find one of the big actors and look up what 
their breakout role was. And then once you've done that, you print out the IMDb synopsis and trivia. Write them on... No, real quick, I want to say this is where you're kind of going off the rails. It's way easier instead of printing that stuff off. uh, Older movies, their scripts are usually online. So just look up a script of that breakout role, right? Just the part of that actor, though right just their part and then give a one person performance to that sibling of their lines with no context and then sticking on the t-shirt idea pick your favorite line put it on a t-shirt give it to them make sure it's always two sizes too big so they can use it for pajamas yes absolutely now i want to give a gift that's kind of good for anyone all right like you said people are into like really big pop culture stuff so find their favorite star wars actor marvel actor whatever then go on cameo search up celebrity lookalike and then get a cameo from their lookalike saying something because like hey you cannot afford a cameo from adam driver what can you imagine trying to get rdj who also robert Downey jr isn't on cameo and if he was he'd be a thousand dollars so he could donate to charity so who is available (laughs) robert yeah bob Bob's available and you know he's like $70 which you also think is too much but he's doing a flash sale for the holiday weekend and he usually responds within 24 hours and his cameos are all at least 10 minutes long so you're getting bang for your buck Like, he's sitting down at his desk and recording this. Normally, cameos are very obviously filled in someone's living room, and they're walking around pacing because they don't know what to do with their feet. And uh, it kind of gives, like, this weird obligated phone call to your aunt kind of vibe. Not Bobby. Bobby writes a script, and he is thoughtful. And you know what? He's got the impression down pretty good. Dude, there's blocking involved there's studio lights he's he's prepped for this so when all else fails go to cameo find either an a-list impersonator or just a regular c-list actor that is guaranteed to make someone's day for some reason right and it's also totally okay to just not get them anything say it's in the mail see what everyone else is getting them (laughs) see what they like the most and say dude i got you that I can go ahead and return it and just give you the money. And then you, a couple days later, give them 30 bucks, Venmo them 30 bucks. And you just miss the whole thing, but you get all the credit for an amazing gift that you returned. And here's, and here's the thing, because, you know, all these shipping services, because they're so packed for the holidays and because there are so many delays, you have until the end of January to give someone a Christmas gift. As long as you keep saying, I like It says it's out for delivery. It says it's out for delivery. As long as you keep saying that, you have through January to do something like that. And be like, oh, I'm having it delivered to my place. I'll deliver. I'll give it to you when I see you next. Those are the kind of phrases that are going to buy you time. Or just be like, listen, I couldn't find it on Amazon, so I had to get through Etsy. Yeah, and Etsy is, you know, they're backed up through March. Who knows what's going on with Etsy, bro? Etsy is just like ebay for hipster moms i'm pretty sure running an etsy shop is like modern day money laundering it's like oh this pair of earrings is 45 dollars with 17 dollars shipping sure why not and you get them and they break within the first weekend and you're like i feel like i paid for something else when i bought these yeah but then you get to say hey no child labor was involved And it was made in America. And by no child labor, you mean technically your teenagers don't count. And made in America because, hey, they're in your house. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, the permanent good gift guide. I think that with our help, you will be able to service all of your friends and family this holiday season. And uh, let us know your results. Let us know if you used our gift guide and uh, tell us how satisfied uh, everyone in your life is. Because Lord knows I'm not. Satisfied? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about our movie (laughs) so we're continuing on the dick van december theme and we're popping in with a relatively unknown with fitzwillie came out in 1967 i am so glad i didn't have to pay for this movie like regardless of like how good or bad this movie was i'm like i really don't want to pay for this baby's on paramount plus sure was dude (laughs) and let me tell you that was the greatest sigh of relief i'm like i am listen i'll take a gamble on any movie made 1980 forward the further back i go the bigger the gamble becomes and the thing is if it's a class it'll be worth it like yeah. mary poppins worth it uh fitz willie i've never heard of which means dollar for dollar is going to be a waste of money like if, if you're a gambling person <laughs> if you've never heard of it and it's pre-70s it's bad so if you want to move on to the next segment and you don't want to hear us talk about fitz willie for another 20 minutes you can jump to this time code right here time code 30 minutes 36 seconds now this movie like we said, was a gamble. And I don't want to say we would have lost, but we would have gotten real close. It would have been close, bro. It would have been a split decision. It was on the line because this, okay. So here's the, here's the premise for Fitzwilly, right? V- Dick Van Dyke plays a butler named Fitzwilly. That's just Fitzwilliam. his name. You'll have to ignore the train. <laughs> I heard that too. I see. Yeah, it came up on my audacity. Normally you can't hear it, but this time she she yeah. really decided to lay on it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk over it. So Fitzwilly, he's a butler named Fitzwilly. And um, uh, he was the butler for an old man who had a lot of money. and But he spent it all before he died. And so his daughter inherited a whopping less than $200, which even in 1967 was not a lot to inherit. Especially when you live in a mansion. And have an entire house staff. Right. So Fitzwilly is like, I don't want his daughter to think that she doesn't have money. I want her to keep living a life of luxury and not have to worry about money. So the way that he goes about making sure that she still has money is robbing places every day with the house staff. It's impressive, though. They have it down to a science. And I, first of all, the first five minutes of this movie, I had no idea what was happening. Yes. I had no clue. I only knew what was going on because I looked into like a general description of the movie. And so when he walks in and he starts giving people fake names and loading stuff into a truck, I'm like, oh, they're just starting the thievery right away. Right. Um, He has a bunch of accents, which you might recognize from Poppins. And he also has a French one. Dude, I was I was pretty lost in the sauce. For a little bit. Um, I'm like, what is happening? Because you start in the crime. So you don't know he's a butler 
for a second. Yeah, and he's and he's doing totally normal things like, oh, I'm here to pick up silverware, bill it to this address and this person. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that must be the person he's a butler for. No, that is a victim. <laughs> that is a victim, actually. Right. And he's like, all right, also, please deliver all this champagne to this house. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. And I wasn't paying close enough attention to, like, notice that his accent was changing every way he went. I just thought, hey, Dick Van Dyke's not very good at accents. (laughs) He went from British to French back to American. And I'm so lost. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of I didn't know he was doing it on purpose. And this movie was sold as a comedy it's it's advertised as a comedy so it's all it's almost like a heist comedy you know would be an easy way to describe it um it is almost funny and it is almost cool but it never fully realizes either of those concepts (laughs) (laughs) and i don't want to say it's dick van dyke's fault but like Considering how much of a physical performer he is, this one was this one felt a little phoned in, very yeah. reserved. But I think he was trying to be like suave and like sophisticated. He was a he's a thief, but it came off weird. It came off normal. Yeah. I'm like, Which, I don't know if it doesn't feel like you're doing a, a psychopath or a sociopath character who's stealing all the time. It sounds like you're just a dude. Yeah. And and like I don't think the I don't think the script was very funny and I think that's I also am willing to attribute that to 60s comedy is not funny anymore. Yeah, and I we mean, established that looking by at all of his other movies, I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is one he just wasn't funny. Yeah. And <laughs> Um, I there were like it got there were times where I laughed. It like to say that I was stone faced the entire movie would be false. They had some good jokes in there. However, there were definitely some times where I'm like, this is definitely supposed to be a joke, but it's not landing. The one joke that I remember that I'm like, oh yeah, this is a comedy because it actually made me laugh. Is there's a scene where the woman he's actually a butler for her name is Miss Vicky. Uh, she is interviewing a potential uh, secretary and she's like, have, do you know how to spell? Um, I, I forget what it is. Psychiatrist or something like that. And she's like, Oh yeah, it has a hidden P at the beginning of the word, you know, like pseudoscience. And the secretary goes, and uh, what is it? No, it's, it's a country. It's like, I forget what it is. Now it's not funny. Now I've blown it. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to chalk it up to this movie isn't funny, and you try to make an unfunny part funny. Let me tell you what was very unfunny. Albert. This whole yeah. movie, there's a footman who I I don't know what that is. It's like a butler's butler, a butler's assistant or something, a second Sh- or yeah. third-hand man or something. Singapore. That was the one. It was Singapore. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and he grows a conscience through this movie because Juliet, the uh, secretary that gets hired, catches him being a thief and reminds him, hey, this is bad. Every scene he's in from that point forward, I just don't care about. Yeah, it was annoying. So the backstory to Albert, more or less, is he used to be a man of faith or he used to be specifically a priest. He is still a man of faith. He just doesn't like he's not with the church anymore because he got uh, because he embezzled from the tithing uh basket and he's like i don't i i'm clearly not moral enough to be with the church anymore so he leaves and he's that's why he's okay with doing all this crime with fitzwilly because even though he was a man of faith he's very clearly uh shaky on that 
Yeah. And so and so when he gets caught halfway through the movie, he just becomes kind of a stick in the mud for the rest of the time. And not in like a fun or complicated way, but in a, okay, we're going to all do this thing. Albert, you stay here because we don't know how to handle you anymore. And that is totally fair. I didn't know how to handle him. I, it yeah. was, it was annoying. I didn't want him to be in it anymore, but he's freaking embedded in the story. And I don't even know what to say about this dude. I also yeah. recognize him from something and I don't know what, and that is He looks the worst. so much like the dad from Mary Poppins. I thought he was, but he's not. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's in, he's in a bunch of stuff I've heard of, like the Mancharian Candidate and Gilligan's Island and the Twilight Zone. But I haven't seen any of those. He's also in Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's, which have we seen? Uh, no, not for the podcast. It's got which Audrey I'm Hepburn also, in it. I'm also hesitant to watch Breakfast at Tiffany's because it is notoriously racist. Those are my favorite movies. The ones <laughs> that are notoriously racist, racist and just old. So it's not because the thing is there's movies that are notoriously racist like Django Unchained where a bunch of people are like, listen, Tarantino. Do you have to say so many N-words? Or like even Pulp Fiction. Like this was supposed to take place in like the 80s and the 90s. Does there have to be so many N-words? And that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. What really gets me going is stuff in it's the 50s. It's straight up yellow face. 50s and 60s. Where they're like, we're not racist. This is what these people are actually like. And that's what's awesome. Good old fashioned racism. We want pure diluted racism in our movies. None of that like faking it stuff. Yeah. We I want- don't want historically accurate racism. I like the, I'm not racist. Black people are actually like this. <laughs> because it gives me as an audience member a moral high ground to be on where yeah. I can be like, hey, I'm a bad person, but at least I'm not making objectively racist movies. Yeah, dude, that's my favorite. So I kind of wish this make... movie was a little bit more racist. They did have two black people in and both of them were very insignificant. Only one of them had a speaking part. So yeah, when you it... said that, I don't I don't remember them. Um. One of them was just on screen, and the other <laughs> sure. one uh, answered the phones. Oh, he was okay. one of those guys oh, with, yeah, 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 answering yeah, yeah. the yeah. phones. He was just mm-hmm. one of them. Good, um, good, good, good. In the good. very like, first six minutes of the of the movie. One thing yeah. this movie does that I love, and it threw me for a loop, is the movie starts, and the movie starts. Like, there's credits, but we're starting, and Dick Van Dyke, like, the movie starts on zero. Second number two, Dick Van Dyke's on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... We're not doing opening credits, long sequence. We're not doing a, a panning shot. We're not going to introduce secondary characters. We're going to jump in and you're going to see the main character. And I'm like, that just doesn't happen anymore, man. Yeah. Like these old movies, like it was the norm for them to have opening credit sequences. And I learned this recently that uh, the first Star Wars movie was actually the movie that changed putting credits at the end of movies instead of beginning of movies. Because George Lucas wanted that opening crawl he didn't want any opening credits as well mm-hmm. and when he submitted the movie I forget if I forget if it was the MPAA or like some guild or whatever but they were like uh you can't do that and George Lucas is just like watch me and it changed where we put credits for the rest of cinema history yeah because here's the thing people don't care about getting credit people they care no, about getting people, credit people, for resume people care reasons. about getting credit people watching a movie don't care about giving credit they're like i just want to watch the movie bro i don't care who's in it i'll see who's in it just what's wild about opening credits is they 
tell you character names like we're supposed to know them. Yeah, man. Also, it ruins movies sometimes. Like, yeah. oh, great. I didn't know that person was in it. I wonder when they're going to show up. And so this movie had an opening credit that was like with Edith Evans as Miss Victoria Woodworth. And I'm like, I don't know who either of those people are. <laughs> Give me time. Yeah, bro. Shout out old movies. I used to skip this stuff all the time. Like fast so, forward on the VCR. Oh, for sure. My favorite. Definitely. Um, so we have not yet talked about uh, uh, Juliet Noel, a.k.a. Listen, is, Velma Dinkley. <laughs> is she or is she not an old Emma Stone? Yeah. Um, yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, she came on screen and I'm like, this is Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yep. And that's I everyone's just... reaction. I thought it. Mace, I asked Macy. I'm like, who is that? She's like, Velma. I'm like, okay, correct. Glad we're all on but the same also, page. also, what actress? And she said Emma Stone. I'm like, that's two for two now. We are all on the same page. So um, I think that her, I think that she, her character is the sole reason this movie stays okay and not good because they change what she wants to do 70% of the way through the movie. So yeah, dude, she's introduced and she's like a rival to Fitzwilly, right? I hate him. He hates me. They butt heads the entire time. He didn't want to hire her. She didn't want to work with him. But over the course of the movie, they slowly like wear each other down and Fitzwilly kind of like keeps it keeps her on retainer so she doesn't find out about the thieving ring that they have going on in the mansion right because he hires her in spite of what she believes realizes that was a mistake but knows he can't just fire her now so he needs to keep her around for a certain amount of time and in order to get her away from the house so they can keep thieving they go out on a date Turns out they actually like each other. And then she ends up quitting because of conflict of interest. Like, I, you can't work for me and be in a relationship. Can't happen. And so after she, after that date, she finds out about the thieving ring. Totally cool with it. And Dude, also she, in the same breath of you're a thief, it's, well, what are our kids going to think? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you guys have kissed twice and you're getting married? And not only is she cool with it, she wants in. And... And there's like a discussion of like, you need to stop thieving because I don't want you to get caught. And Dick Van Dyke is like, let me do this one last job so that way we can kind of wrap up what we've got going on. And she's like, cool, let me help. And I'm like, this would have been a way cooler movie 45 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> so, and, and, and so when they're kind of like planning together, I'm like, oh, this is the movie I wanted. If it was these two with the relationship they have right now, if it was like a, if it was like a Mr. This and is, Mrs. Smith type movie, yeah. that would have been awesome. This gives me like Ocean's Eleven vibes because there are a million people involved. There are so many people. And there are so many people, run, I forgot who was on our side and who was against us. They run gambits that are cool, and then they have and then they run gambits that are totally not important except for plot reasons. Like they do this bit where Dick Van Dyke is at a bar pretending to be drunk Yo, and, he, and he quizzes people on the Bible, takes bets on the answer, knowing the and he already knows the answer. Well, he, and then he takes their money he from fabricates that. the bibles okay he, he changed goes through and changes all the bibles and sends them to the hotel they're like here's a donation of all these bibles and he like changes a couple words so then he goes delilah didn't cut samson's hair which we all know he did but he just put 
all these fabricated Bibles in the hotel. So when they like, all right, well, well, someone go grab a Bible. And they're like, well, go grab them from the eighth floor and bring one down. Turns out he's right. And he just won thousands of dollars. And I just want to say that trick would not have worked today because you go to a bar and people are like, who's Samson? (laughs) (laughs) Or they'd be like, let me look it up on my phone. So what you need to do which is what people do now, is change it on Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> change it on Wikipedia right before so it doesn't get caught and get changed back, and then you get in. And that's how people get into backstage of like concerts and stuff by saying they're family members. Yeah. And hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And another thing that I want to say, a lot of his thievery really relied on the fact that any interaction – that didn't happen in the store took at least a week to process because <laughs> yeah, he goes in and he's like, give me the sterling silverware, bill it to this person, ship it to this address. And, <laughs> and they, all they have are paper records that get, you know, lost to the wind in time. And by the time somebody realizes something's wrong, he's gone. Who cares? Dude, I've always wanted to do that. Be like, put it on my tab, but yeah. imagine you just say, Hey, bill it to room 306 and they're like is that your and no one in in this world no one would ask if that was your room so you're in a hotel you just send room service or whatever the bill to someone else's room and you just get away with it like how good must that feel yeah so i like but the, uh, the other one that i wanted to mention the one that's only relevant for plot reasons is where they go to an abercrombie and fitch like store setup in like Abercrombie and Fitch uh like jumpsuits. Oh and, dude. Take the standing mannequins and then take them back to the mansion. And that's kind of the whole thing. Like there wasn't that's much how more sh- that's that's when they get caught. Yeah. But you're thinking like how are they making money? Are they selling these mannequins? Yeah, like because, what's happening? Like, like the rest of the stuff kind of makes sense. Like sterling silver, you can turn. And there's other stuff that they're doing for straight cash. But like that one was the one where I'm like, this is a little different. This has Dude. a lot of preparation for what I feel like is very little payoff. Also, Abercrombie and Fitch now is like synonymous with like American Eagle and Hollister. Yeah. Back then, I'm like. It was like its own department store. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, why is it being referenced in a movie? And the only other reference they made was to Cartier. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, these things should not both be in the movie. Also, there's a Rolls Royce in this movie. Yes. Yeah, that was like the one piece of trivia. It's like, oh, this car <laughs> that they use is one of 2,000 and you could sell it for $130,000. It's Yeah, it's freaking bananas. And then also what we do in all old movies is look how much like money was worth. Yes. Like, man, they're like, we just got paid. $2,500. Yeah, like $2,000, $2,500. And you're like, oh, that must be a lot of money. You look it up, you're like, I mean, it's like 40K, but you have to split it 17 ways. Yeah, uh, and... And that's the thing, like the last amount of money that they like number drop. I appreciate them number dropping in this movie. My least favorite thing is when movies get really vague and ambiguous with how much money a person has or doesn't have. It's so like, gross because you're like, I, I don't. I need to know exactly how rich you are, which is what Fast and Furious does really well. Yes. And if you're like, oh, but it, with inflation, we just did it. We just did it. We literally are talking about how we took the initiative and looked it up. Also, everyone does that because the thing is, if it's old, everyone says, well, that's a lot of money. Yeah. No and one's so- like 
$40, that's not much at all. So the last number that they drop in this movie is $500,000, which is a little over $4 million. Also, when I heard $500,000, I'm like, listen, that's a lot of money right now. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yes, so I knew correct. that was going to be a big number. And they end up having to give back, what, like 190 of it? Yeah. So, oh, sorry, you're still left with, what is that, like uh, $2.1 million? Right. Also, they stole $190,000 from a toy store in New York Christmas Eve. And I'm like, holds up. Yeah. If you did that right now, probably about that much money. Well, I mean, it'd be a lot harder because no one, very few people pay with cash anymore. Yeah, it's not going to be in cash. And he also walked that out with a shoebox. <laughs> that, see, that was the scene that made me think this movie is almost cool. Because that's the scene where they have disguises and they do Fake perfectly timed. Calls. Yeah, perfectly yeah. timed phone calls. Uh, costume changes. Slick uh, product getaways. Like, uh, where he just slips the package into the mail cart and sends it down the chute. Like, th- this was almost cool. You had it for a second. Right. They could have just, if they did the whole movie like that, it would have been so much better. But here we are. Watching ha- an okay at best movie. Right. Now, the question is, is this movie better than Bye Bye Birdie? Yeah. Well... I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, like, it depends on what aspect you're looking at it from, because Bye Bye Birdie is my kind of movie. And, I mean, if done right, this would have been my kind of movie as well, if it was a little bit more sleek and smart. Um, Dang, so I guess no. I I guess no, it's not. The average person is going to like this movie better than Bye Bye Birdie. Yes, yes, I agree. So I'm giving it a six and a half I'm because I gave Bye Bye Birdie six. a six. I'm giving this a flat six just because I see so much there. There's so much that it could have done, but it didn't. I'm also, I believe that all the movies that came out in the 60s get like a one and a half point bump. <laughs> just because I'm sure when this came out, it was like a seven and a half. Also, I want to, <laughs> I want to see the data analyst at Paramount Plus. That's just like looking at all like who's watching what, and they're like, "Hey, we finally got two streams on Fitzwilly." Right? They're like, "It was worth it. We got it for sixty cents." <laughs> <laughs> like normally, there's like twelve people because they grew up watching this movie, but this week there was fourteen. That's yeah, me every dude. week looking at the podcast stats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I guess this is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And I'm like, ah, oh, look at us. Perfect timing. <laughs> um, yeah, six. I'm I'm content with that. Yeah, six and a half. Uh, it's whatever. <laughs> All right, Alex, what do you have for the improv segment? We're doing, and we're bringing it back after almost a seven-month hiatus. Oh, no. Two degrees of separation. Ooh, yes. yes a yes, personal yes. favorite of mine. Every time we do it, it's a banger and we might have only done this one other time uh i did it once with kayla so we've done it at least two or three times so it's gonna be good and here's how it works for all of you non-diehards new listeners is one person is gonna give two subjects two things could be events could be items and the other person has to connect it via conspiracy theories and that's the big one and wild (laughs) yeah it's very hard to connect most of these things without getting into conspiracies i'm i suppose you could do some wikipedia be like well this person was a politician and this person was a lobbyist and they both worked in washington at this time but nine times out of ten it's conspiracies. who cares who cares so the other person's winging it trying to find a 
trying to find some sort of connection, and that's two degrees of separation. Okay, Alex, uh, whose conspiracy theory do you want to hear first, yours or mine? I want to hear yours, bro. Okay, uh, what, do I, what do I got? I want to hear how carrots and mistletoe and the tradition of kissing under it. Yeah, so uh, here's the thing. Everybody uh, knows how carrots are good for your eyesight. As a kid, it was like, I remember it being on like cereal boxes and stuff like that. And okay. I'm like, this is weird, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You don't have any carrots in you. Why are right. you talking about this? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I personally, having only one eye, only have to eat half the carrots. So I know a little bit more about the carrot to eyesight uh, relationship than I think other people do because I have a unique relationship with it. Um, What people don't really understand is that carrots help your eyesight in the short term, but in the long term, it's like a bell curve. It, it uh, strengthens it for a little bit, but then it brings it right back down. Okay. And, and people started to notice this and they didn't want to report it to science. And they're like, well, how do we make sure that, uh, people can like still be active with lessening, worsening eyesight. And uh, we're like, well, obviously everything ties back to sex, marriage, love, romance, all that fun stuff. So they're like, we need a way to prove that people are kissing each other willy nilly. Cause that's really what life is about. Isn't it? Kissing people willy nilly. And some would say fits willy. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, So they're like, we need people to kiss strangers more often so that way they can believe their eyes and be like, yes, this person is attractive enough to kiss. Therefore, my eyesight is not as bad as I think it is. Right. That's kind of the train of thought. Sure. So they're like, how do we get people to kiss strangers? Well, there's this poisonous plant that no one's allowed to eat. We need it to be good for something. So they're like, what if we make up an urban legend about people kissing under mistletoe and falling in love? And so that started to snowball, gain traction, and they're like, oh, people actually fell for it. So strangers with bad eyesight are like, oh, we got stuck under the mistletoe. (laughs) And after they kiss the person, they reel back, they look at them, and they're like, I mean, I guess that person is attractive. Like, my vision's kind of blurry, but I guess they are. And they kind of have to internally rationalize with themselves to, uh, it's like a self-deception. And that's the connection between the two not gonna lie i was lost for most of that <laughs> when you really got into eyesight i'm like man i don't know how the world is gonna bring this back and then you go you brought in big glasses and i'm like well that corporation's definitely up to no good big optometry big optometry is definitely not for carrots <coughs> That ruins their whole business model. So then I'm like, all right. And then you brought in poisonous plants because they're not good for anything else. Well, mistletoe is poisonous. It genuinely is. Right. And you said, well, this has got to be good for something. So the lobbyist behind mistletoe was like, man, we've been losing. No, 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 no. No, it's the lobbyist behind carrots. But why did it have to be mistletoe? Because they had that lying around. Because <laughs> people just go wandering through the jungle, picking things, and be like, "This is gonna be useful later." And then a couple years down the road, they'd be like, "Man, we got all this mistletoe. It's not good for anything." Yeah, we need to find I a mean... way to offload this mistletoe to the markets. Because I how mean... can we compete with these freaking capitalists? 
This is the society we live in, man. Freaking societies, bro. Yeah, it all comes back to society. Alex, I would like you to tell me the connection between three-piece suits yep and i thought you were to say three piece chicken nuggets i was so ready dude no no we're sticking with my thing okay three okay. piece suits yep. and beekeeping well, i'm not gonna go with the obvious one i don't know what the obvious one is first of so. all we're all in the same place beekeepers wear suits three piece suits obviously that, that is ev- a weak straw and you know it listen dude evolution has been scientifically you know what? let's go with it okay <laughs> So everyone knows evolution. You start with something and it evolves into something else because it needs to survive. Well, honey has always been desirable. It started with Pooh Bear and it evolved to humans. I would argue it didn't start with Pooh Bear. I think it started with Pooh Bear. Because it started with bears, and then bears evolved into Pooh Bears, and then Pooh Bear evolved into television, and then people watched television. So once people started watching television, they realized, You're wow. right, because Pooh Bear was a bear before television. <laughs> right. You think, you think, first of all, you didn't know Pooh Bear was a freaking based off a true story? Yeah. Freaking correct yourself, man. He was also African American, but we don't need to get into that. So he was definitely a black bear. Now, Pooh Bear, once the, he got onto TV and he had his own show, a bunch of people wanted to get into honey. And before that, it was a completely untapped resource. There was no reason to get into it. However, all we had were three-piece suits. That hadn't evolved yet. Even Pooh Bear didn't wear clothes for the most part. So humans are like, man, if we're going to go and get honey, everyone knows bees is going to be a problem. Pooh tells you that from day one. So our three-piece suits are not working because we're getting stung in our face and we're losing men to this every day. Day in, day out. Numbers coming out like COVID and we lost another. So what they did was they evolved into beekeeping suits. And when they did that, they're like, all right, we're going to cover up our faces. We're going to cover up our hands. We're going to make sure we can't access our sleeves. And that is the evolution of three-piece suits into beekeeping. So Obviously. So what you're saying is... We started with three-piece suits, realized we need a higher armor class against bees, and went into bee suits? Right, but that never would have happened without Pooh Bear. Does Pooh Bear only wearing a shirt factor into this somewhere? Well, that's... It's they're the he's the reason that we got into honey in the first place, and we didn't know about bees until about he shirts started. Until we saw him wear one. Well, yeah, and we didn't know about bees until he started having problems with them. So then we're like, well, I guess that means our three piece suits aren't going to work. So we evolved, like he evolved, and you can take that to the bank and cash it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they'll hold you in contempt. I and think that's that, how that was works. the obvious connection. Yeah. I was looking for something way more obscure than that. Yeah. Hey, audience, I'm glad you didn't learn anything. Because that was so obvious. So they're all like, well, freaking duck, right? Everyone knows the story about Pooh Bear based off a true story. Obviously, he was originally a black bear, but obviously they're not going to put black bears on TV. So they whitewashed him. Everyone knows the story, correct? I'm going to let that one be. And we're going to move on. I bet you he's even voiced by a white actor. Let me look him up real quick. He is. He is. Of course he is. Of course he is. Freaking let down again. Anyways, middle segment, Craig, what you got for us? All right. Uh, This one is called A Riddle Bit of Fun because I have brought some riddles. We're doing a new middle segment. Yes. Which is Um, not your brand at all. So, yes, this is called A Riddle Bit of Fun, which is a pun on the word little and not making fun of anyone's accent, I promise. (laughs) Now... What I've done is I've gone onto riddles.com, which is an open source website. Anyone can post. They don't vet you or anything. 
and uh, we're just going to do some riddles together. All right. Pretty easy. Are you good at riddles? I'm okay. I'm decent. I'm not bad, but I like I'm not good at them. I'm one of those people that like almost <laughs> whenever I don't get a riddle, it's either oh that makes sense or I hate this riddle. Riddles are stupid. Mine is I've memorized many of them, sure. so he, it's very hard to hear a riddle I haven't heard. So I also I don't know. I've just listened and done a bunch of them. I kind of figure them out. There's a pattern. Yes. So we're starting out. We're gonna do some warm up. We're gonna do some. Uh, kids riddles and then we're gonna move on to the big boy stuff okay okay? hopefully i don't know them because that's cheating but let's see all right there are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens how many didn't i've heard this one let me go access that memory can you (laughs) say it one more time yeah there are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens how many didn't so what you're thinking about this 10 uh, yes, you're correct. Uh, because the because here's the thing about open source riddles or just riddles in general is some of them are like situational puzzles and some of them are is bad wordplay and some of them are just jokes that people think are riddles. Um, for example, uh, there are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? The solution is that it's not 28 chickens like the number. It's and 28 chickens and 20. 20- of those cows ate chickens yes which i am gonna call a bs answer yeah That's the a only bad reason answer. i know that is because of tiktok about a year ago yes uh okay next one yeah. look in my face i am somebody look in my back i am nobody what am i i want to say a watch uh, or a clock no no it is not look in my face it is something in your house i am somebody Look at my back. I am nobody. This one mirror? is a uh, no. I'll, I'll just first so, of all, both of my answers are right. They're just not. Yes, the mm-hmm. answer. You're correct, but the answer is a mirror. I just said that. Oh, I thought you said air. <laughs> I only heard the last syllable. My bad. <laughs> uh, third one. How can you leave a room with two legs and return with six legs? You grab a table or a chair. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I have never heard the... that one before, but I feel like that was obvious. Yeah. So those are the kids riddles. All right. Okay. These are just. So now we're going to move on to the normal riddles. Sweet. All right. I hope there's some female listener somewhere who's just freaking getting turned on by how fast I'm getting these. <laughs> You know what? I'll Let's open it up to our entire wife. audience. Let's hope my, it's your wife. Our entire audience. If you're a guy, girl, non-binary, I hope you're getting turned on by how intellectual I'm being right now. And hey, Macy, I hope you get real comfortable with the fact that your husband's riddle-solving skills is turning on the globe left also, and right. there's a couple exceptions. For instance, I know my sister listens to this, so you get a pass. <laughs> you get a pass. Also, all of our moms... Please, I am well, begging you. Tell your mom's no, no, no. Well, tell your mom's said hi. No. Shout out to the vibrator <laughs> joke I made earlier in the show. Continue. All right, riddle. If your feet smell and your nose runs, what ails you? If your feet smell and your nose runs, what ails you? I know this one. Do I? Do I know <laughs> Do this you? one? This has no upvotes and no downvotes. Feet smell. I'm sorting this by new, which means anything can happen. Is it a legitimate answer? Not really. Oh, no. Your feet <laughs> smell and your nose runs. What is that? What ails you? This is. I'm going to tell you it so you can get angry. Answer. Okay. You are upside down. How does your nose run? Because I, I, the, the, I think the, the, joke, the nose is close to the ground. Yeah. Again, kind oh, of more on the dude, joke that, side yeah. than anything else. It's so bad. All right. Riddle. 
Why was the arrow trembling? I'll give you a hint. This is a pun. This is a pun. I hate puns. I hate them. Why was the arrow trembling? I don't know. Because he saw his friends in a quiver. Now, the last riddle that I'm going to give you. First of all, the thing you... is, that's that's a punchline. So if I, I would yes. have, my, the answer to the riddle, the closest I could have gotten, I would have said it has something to do with a quiver. And yeah. that's as close as it was going to get. So I'm so before we do the last one, this one is just straight up a joke. This is something that you would find on the back of a Laffy Taffy wrapper. Uh, it's simply, what do you call a grumpy cow? Moody. Ha 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 ha. You got us all. And now if I could stop swiping up on ass ads on this garbage website that would really speed up this process okay last riddle uh i have a house with no doors no windows nothing if i want to get out i break the wall who am i and alex i will i will guarantee you right now you will never guess this so just throw something in the wind no say it one more time I have a house with no doors, no windows, nothing. If I want to get out, I break the wall. Who am I? If I want to get out, what am I? I hear your mouse clicking. You better not be uh, doing anything nefarious over there. I am looking it up. <laughs> then in that I'm case. I'm looking it up because I want to break the news to myself. All right. The answer is, and I'm reading this verbatim off the website. Chicken, as if it wants to come out, it breaks the wall. Oh my gosh. I came up with a better answer. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Tupperware container. No I doors, mean, no walls. You got to break out. But you aren't breaking out. Something else is breaking you out. Listen, man, it's better than a chicken just <laughs> breaking out. Let me read you the sentence again. Listen, so that I'll way tell you, I'll, I'll give it to you straight. Our audience got significantly less turned on throughout this entire <laughs> segment. They're like, man, these are getting worse and worse. And I started at freaking Robert Downey Jr. And I ended at a Bobby. And that <laughs> sucks. Again, I want to read you this sentence one more time. Chicken, as if it wants to come out, it breaks the wall. Those are just words put next to each other. That means nothing. <laughs> Together. Golly, dude. Disappointment um, personified. Yeah. That I love. I love open source stuff like that. Where it's just like, hey, you can post it. It's not our choice. We just run the site. Freaking dude. That makes me mad. Uh, Last up. So that was a little bit of fun. I'm going to come up with uh, a less concerning name for it uh, if we ever do it again. So uh, we're going to move on to our one hit wonder. This is something that I'm calling milestones. And Alex, uh, your uh, daughter, your beautiful daughter, yeah. uh, recently started crawling. Indeed. And so I just wanted to check in and see how she's doing on all the other developmental milestones. Okay. Um. So this is from the CDC website for important milestones for children by nine months. That's how they have it organized. All right. Uh, first up is the social and emotional category. Alex, does your daughter copy others, especially adults and older children? Yes. Yes, she does. All the time. All right. Does she get excited when she's around other children? Mm, she's She observes them. I think she already feels better than them because okay. she doesn't participate in games. She just watches them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very you. Very, Very she takes elitist. You. Yeah. Um, does she show more and more independence? Yes, significantly. Good, good, good. Uh, does she show defiant behavior, like doing what she's not supposed to? Yeah, she, she knows. Big fan of hitting people. <laughs> Especially if you make a face after you get hit, which most people do. Most people yeah. make a face. Because, and that you know, is hilarious. Because, um,. I think a common piece of parenting advice that I think even non-parents know is if you react strongly to something, your child will react strongly to something. Like if they fall 
and you think they got hurt, you need to not react so they don't react. Right. But and she slaps you in you the get face hit, and pinches your throat and you say, ow, she laughs. Yeah. She also thinks coughing is laughing, which is weird. So she'll cough when she's trying to laugh sometimes. Yes, she will. And it concerns me. I'm just like, well, this is weird. Hey, probably shouldn't do this, you freaking COVID baby. <laughs> um, does she play mainly beside other children, but she's starting to include other children? Yes, much more than the previous one okay um so now we're moving on to language and communication does she point to things or pictures when they are named um not at all okay does she know the names of familiar people or body parts Mm, names kind of definitely not body parts uh this one's not going so hot yeah well Uh, maybe because yeah you know never mind keep it moving all right keep it moving uh does she say sentences with two to four words well no okay because she's Um, eight months old well i'm on the nine month old website so well she's got a month (laughs) yeah so she better she better get it together yikes uh is she following simple instructions no not at all i guess if you yell real loud stop she'll stop what she's doing and cry Alex, I hate to break it to you. This is not going well. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah Ace, the fr- she, listen, she is very much like us in high school. She's doing really well in some places and really not in others. Right. She gets it. Um, yeah. So uh, last section, we're just going to talk about some movement and physical development. Uh, is she standing on tiptoe yet? Yes. Okay. Is she kicking a ball? Well, no. Huh. Is she starting to run? Well, she can't walk yet. And she learned to crawl two weeks ago. So that's a no. Uh, okay, 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 that's fine, that's fine. Um, is she starting to throw a ball overhand? I feel like this is a checklist from people returning from a coma and or <laughs> paralyzation. No. And they're going through physical therapy, trying to learn, or stroke victims. Be like, did well, you recently learn how to walk again? I, Have you had a hard time remembering who's your family? And how to communicate with them. This is like nine months removed from a major health crisis. I guess also nine months removed from your mother's body. Which is, some might say, (laughs) is a health crisis. Um, Okay, just the last thing I want to check. Is she making copies of straight lines or circles? No. Huh, interesting. Waiting for the punchline, waiting for the punchline. Okay. Um, Well, I thought this was just going to... Oh, I'm on the child for two years milestones. Not nine months. That's my bad. Oh, Alex, I'm sorry if I got you worried there for a second. No. Yeah, I thought my... (laughs) <laughs> poor, poor baby was developmentally challenged. And I was really worried of whether or not I did a good job as a parent, but I'm really glad you got that joke in, Craig. <laughs> no. Golly, I thought she was going to be one of those kids for the rest of her life. But it's a good thing you had me worried for a joke and for 10 strangers who are at home right now being like, man, that's, that's who also have children, mind you. Maybe. Who yeah, but those who are children like, maybe, are older. They know what's up. Who are like, good grief. My kid isn't hitting these milestones either. And then you gave those parents a horrible, horrible feeling in the pit of their stomach. But I'm glad you got the joke. I'm glad you got the joke. Um, this is revenge for the clockwork orange stunt. Mm, you know what? Let's call it Because that was 100% worth it. <laughs> 
Um, that was Milestones. <laughs> Never coming back. It's a one-hit that, wonder. So if yes. you liked it, awesome. If you hate it, sweet. Um, so, uh, what else have you been watching? Um, I'm taking a break from walk, um, watching stuff. We've recently moved to a new house. However, I did listen to Adele's new album. Yes. It's a mood, um, but it lacks bangers. Yeah, I haven't really been he- hearing many singles from this album. I feel like there's one that's kind of been circulating, but... Um, and it hasn't stuck like all the others have. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Um, let me go through her album real quick. The song that stuck out to me um, is not even her most popular one. I think my favorite was "Cry Your Heart Out." No, I mean, there's. Can I, think I get Cry it? Cry Your or, Heart Out is the single. I didn't listen so, to any singles before <laughs> this album came out because I don't. I feel like it ruins albums, especially for her it does, and yes. like Bruno Mars who always drop less than 15 songs. So if they release four singles, that could be a third to half the album. So I never listened to them. Um, Oh My God was pretty good too. Everyone freaking loves Easy On Me and I thought it was mediocre at best. But I think this is very good for like having friends over music in the background. I also want to do... Snoop Dogg's new album, The Algorithm. I didn't know. I'm, I'm going to be real. Didn't know Snoop Dogg was still uh, making music. <laughs> he do, Dude, he came out with a gospel album, like not too long ago. I said not too oh, long ago, probably three years ago. So he's still coming out with stuff. That album, not very good. Bryson Tiller came out with a <laughs> Christmas album. Okay. My hype for the month or two is three albums. Chomp 2 just got released with Russ, who's okay. a rapper, and I'm a huge fan. Um, Chomp 2 is pretty good. First half of the album is way better than the second half. Um, Khalid, or Khalid, I think it's Khalid, just released an album called Scenic Drive the Tape. Big vibe. Love that album. Highly recommend. And then my personal favorite, he's a uh, smaller artist, more um, probably like B or C level. Uh, his name is Good, Bot, Good Boy Noah. Good Boy Noah. Okay. The EP is called Cool. It's only got six songs on it. So good, bro. I also want to throw someone under the, the bus. Oh, okay. Because Two Chains came out with an album called True Religion. Yeah. And it's spelled T dot R dot U, like an acronym, and yeah. then Real Religion. Which is a real busy title to start out with. Right. It's a re release. It's the anniversary edition of his 2011 album. So okay. it's been out 10 years now. And let me tell you, this album was so bad. <laughs> I, I started listening to it and I didn't make it through 20 seconds of any song. Not a single Yikes. one. And I did the whole thing. And guess what? This album has 17 songs. Ooh. And imagine, I... imagine making a 17 album or a 17 track album and somebody only makes it through six minutes of it. Right. <laughs> now get it. There's some people are going to be like, well, it was really good 10 years ago. Don't re-release it. Don't remaster it. Don't release an anniversary edition. I literally texted everyone I could who cares about rap. We could make a better album than this this sounds like people we went to high school with when they were short on time it's so bad bro and if i ever end up meeting you two chains please don't beat me up you're definitely taller than me and way more athletic but this album is trashed it never should have came out oh also french montana dropped an album it's called um they got amnesia skip it. okay all right fair enough they re he remixed hips don't lie with shakira but also skip the album and that's um, all I have. I from... think the, I think, what's it called? Uh, the, the Anderson Pack Bruno Mars album is really the only oh, one. Oh, Silk that... Sonic. Silk Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that the only. Freaking... Oh, so good. That, 
that's the only new album that I've really sat down and listened to that wasn't the Tick Tick Boom soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And um, it's good. It's definitely like major vibes. Um, yeah, dude. Big fan of that album. Yeah. Super big um, fan of that album. I, don't, I didn't love listening to it all the way through because after a while, I mean, like, I think this happens with every artist where you get to like song seven and you're like, yep, this is the same sound as the rest of the album. And I think that that album was no different. Yeah. Um, I like the genre. So yeah. them never leaving the genre didn't bother me. But it's nine songs, which is very similar to his previous album. He, he does short albums. And I liked every single one. Smoking Out the Window is freaking fire. Yes. Fly As Me is one of my favorites, and I feel like it's being slept on. But if I know Bruno Mars, he's going to milk this thing for <laughs> three years. Yes. And these are all milk worthy. This tour is going to happen in 2026. Yes, and I am okay with that. Um, So Halo came out, and I've been playing that pretty much nonstop. Um, and whew, this game's good. This game is so good. Um, the the one sentence review that I have for this game is 343 made a better Far Cry than Ubisoft did this year. So uh, Halo Infinite is open world which is the first time Halo has gone open world. You do like two linear missions. Then they set you out into the world and it, you know, you capture outposts, reveal collectibles on the bait or on the map, do side missions, which the side missions are, there's like seven official side missions. Uh, The rest is just collectibles and skill points and whatnot. And then you can go do the main story at your leisure. And it's awesome. It's I really like the pacing of it. Um, I've played it for like, I don't know, seven or eight hours. And I've done maybe two story missions just because I've been having a lot of fun. Just kind of doinking around, killing all the high priority targets, getting all the skill points. Um, my fa- And they also added a grappling hook, which mm-hmm. is which makes travel so much easier. Cause it's like, I don't want to fast travel to a base and get a car, then drive all the way back out here. I'm just like, I'm only 200 meters away. That's like four grapple hooks. I'll take care of it. You so, can also shoot up a mountain with the grappling hook. It's amazing. Couple follow-up questions. Yeah. What's up? I w- never played Halo growing up. Maybe if you had all my Halo time, it might be an hour. Sure. Is this a game I can jump into? Um, yeah. Story what you don't care about the story. So sure uh probably. Yeah. I mean like it's on Game Pass, so if you wanted to just try it, absolutely. And also the multiplayer is free to play. So if you wanted to play the multiplayer just to kind of like get a feel for the guns, mm-hmm. and if you would like the gunplay at all, you know, that would probably be a good place to start. Um interesting. Um follow-up question. Yeah, what's up? Um for all the people who, all right, so is this available for all systems, PC, console? No, it is, uh, well, it, it's available for Windows devices, be it Xbox One, Series SX, and Windows 10, 11 computers. Got you. And how, have you played much of the multiplayer? Yeah, I played a lot of it. How does that compare to like super popular multiplayers? Um, It plays a lot like old Halo multiplayers. And so, like, it's a little bit slower in the sense that shield damage is the same no matter where you hit them. But once you break their shields, that's when you start going for headshots. Gotcha, gotcha. 
So you're going to unload half a clip into somebody before you have to start worrying about accuracy. And I think that kind of like slows down the pace a little bit, gives people a chance to round a corner if they need to. Um, I also really like the power-ups. Like I said, the grapple shot is amazing. Uh, There's a repulsor. So if somebody throws a grenade at you, you can just kind of like nope it back at them. Uh, If somebody's lunging at you with an energy sword... You can, you can blast them away. Um, dash abilities are super cool. Um, yeah, the mo- and like the multiplayer is easy. Um, you know, 12 minute rounds, 50 minute or 50 kill slayer. Sweet um, dude. Is there like uh, a season pass or anything? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought the season pass just cause I'm playing a lot of it. Um, but you know, it's all cosmetic. So it's really no big deal. And also I, what I really like is collectibles in the campaign are cosmetics in multiplayer. So you get, you know, a handful of armor colors from doing the battle pass, but you get the majority of armor unlocks from the campaign and getting collectibles, which I think is really cool. Um, I want to talk about the thing that (laughs) the thing that makes me feel the coolest while playing this game is there's a weapon that you can get that upgrades or that like does extra melee damage because there's like knives at the end or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've upgraded my grapple hook to stun enemies when I latch onto them. So I'll be, you know, a couple feet away, launch onto them, stun them, produce a strong melee attack, and then I'll just finish them off with a shot to the head. And it's a very easy, like, one-two punch. You couldn't have done anything to stop that if you tried type maneuver. And I'm like, this feels so good. Have you considered that putting this out on the podcast, you're going to make it the meta, and then you're going to Well, that's get- not available in multi player um that kind of stun combo is a skill upgrade in the campaign and uh the campaign is also like weirdly funny which halo has never really been funny before and like master chief isn't like cracking quips and whatnot but all the grunts and elites and whatnot they are they are the ones that will joke like you get in a car and you just hear a grunt who's like a four foot tall sailboat shaped alien just in a super high-pitched voice go before you sucked now you suck in a car and i just just weird stuff like that that i just find absolutely hilarious so we did well i might um, actually have to check out this game what is it yeah, going this, for um so uh the campaign is retail price Price 60 bucks. The multiplayer is free and they're both included in Game Pass. Ooh. So wait, so the multiplayer is free. So you yep. don't need to play the campaign at all if you don't want to. Correct. Nope. Nice. Yes. Have to Highly recommend this game rules. Uh high goatee contender for me. Nice, nice, nice. Um, but that's it for the show. Uh next week is our Christmas movie. We are watching Love Actually. Uh this is the movie with the with the um cue card scene that everybody parodies. Uh Oh and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see it in context. Uh, yeah, dude. Um I have no idea what this movie's about. It obviously it's a romantic comedy, but that's all I got. So I'm very yeah. excited. Um, but otherwise, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.